1: All right, welcome back. It's the Ken Miller Show, seventeen hundred KBGG. Trent Conant and myself, with you until two o'clock. Andrew Logue at one twenty. We'll do some baseball with Andrews, big Royals guy. Uh, also do some Valley. We'll recap. Uh, just get Andrew's take on one one of the Valley schools that played last night. One of the in-state valleys is five and two. Drake. The others two and five. Who's more likely to avoid Friday, uh,
2: Thursday? You got three wins in hand already. So you're feeling good there. Mm-hmm. But it's Drake. Remember last year, they won, what, four out of six games, four out of five, something like that, during that stretch? Mm-hmm. When Rudder took over, and hey, maybe we got a little excited, and then, well, well, they lose the last 10, 11 games of the regular season, and into postseason yeah, play. Yeah, they did go on a little bit
1: of a run under Rudder, right? Yeah. That was, was it when he first took over?
2: A See, couple weeks into it,
1: and then the um, the narrative was, "How can Hatfield Club not hire him?" Yes, blah
2: blah yeah. blah. Avoid the play in game. I think they both do. I think you do too. I, I'm with I think you. they both do.
1: Yeah, I'm with you.
2: And a four five game, a three six game, four mm-hmm. five probably gets Missouri State. Missouri State's still the favorite. Sure. Loyola has the best win with the win against Florida. It's but best to be in the sixth spot, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we really do, playing the three. You and I last year got knocked off as the three. As the three, they did. Against Missouri State. Yeah. Al a Johnson's so good. You it's... Know, that tournament is so good, Trent. It's it a is. a fun, fun look, What's it going to be like
1: this well, year, that's though? that's just the thing. Uh, because we want, what's it going to be like now that Creighton's gone? Because that
2: was, at minimum, 5,000 every year. Mm-hmm. Creighton fans, at and minimum. And
1: the other... Or how many Wichita State fans lately?
2: Four to six.
1: You know, there was a ton of blue because the Creighton fans took over. What's the hotel that has Ruth Chris in it?
2: Is it a Hilton? No, you're asking the wrong man. It used to be the Adams Mark. I want to say when I'm in St. Louis, I'm drinking my dinner. I'm not going to Ruth Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to stop by.
1: I love Ruth Chris.
2: Um, anyways, I think it used to be it's the
1: old Adams Market. They would point being that was their hotel. Okay. And that was just inundated. Yes. So, what's it going to be like this year? Um, Yeah, interesting question. Be the first time with with both of them now gone. Missouri State. They survived Creighton. With the time, I thought the venue, uh,
2: the Scott Trade Center, was probably too big. Now I'm convinced it is. And Wichita was on a bit of an upswing, but I mean, early on when I first, my first MVC tournament, I want to say was 2004, I want to say it was. There weren't a whole lot of Wichita fans there. Wichita at the time was not Wichita. They were uh, usually pretty much every year a team that had some talent and would disappoint you. That was, mm-hmm. that was kind of Wichita basketball from Cliff Livingston and and that crew of the eighties until they finally got things turned up in the late and well, what what do we call the early two thousands? The like the oh, oh, oh 07 to oh nine when they started to ramp up. The, that the that last was, decade. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, Missouri state, they can travel. It's happened in the past. They support that program. Well, them being good, you'll see a ton there. Illinois state, I I still believe is a sleeping giant. It's a huge state university. It's bigger than Iowa State. It's bigger than Iowa. Is it really? As a university. So enrollment, I, I didn't know that. Their undergrad enrollment's like 27,000. Wow. It's a, it's a ton of people. And Iowa State has surpassed
1: Iowa now, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Last couple of years maybe.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so huge close drivable to St. Louis. That's one they need to be more consistent. They've had some great teams and great individual players, but just never been able to kind of break through. You need Southern Illinois to get good again. That's another fan base that used to travel all the time. You, mm-hmm. Those early days when Southern was good, they'd have a ton of people there. Not the case anymore. And I always joke first person that can point out an Evansville fan, they get the first <laughs> beer on me. Yeah. yeah. I still have never run into outside of when they're playing and, and seeing the smattering of Purple Ace fans at a bar. I where are they? Yeah, you want to find
1: their team hotel and 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 uh, get a good rate in there. Get a good rate, yeah, because yeah. it's not full. Them in the Illinois states, just State, it's a state that not the. There's two Hiltons downtown. One okay. of them is the ballpark Hilton, mm-hmm. which everybody stays at, and there's one right across the street from Adams. It's not called the Adams Market anymore. Whatever it is, it's the one with Bruce Chris right across the street. There's another Hilton, and that's where they put the Indiana. That was the Indiana State Hotel. And for the longest time, they were uh, there Thursday and God, Yes, <laughs> So yes. The, the, the hotel would completely clear out, and you'd have it to yourself. I like staying there. And I have Hilton uh, honors. So, oh, that's you know. very good. I, I just keep adding them up. I never use them. Never redeem them. <laughs> I've got over 200,000, like 250, and I never redeem
2: them. Well, either. now you don't even stay in hotels anymore when you go on trips. That's a good point, yeah.
1: That's a good point.
2: Vorbo a, or them, pa- pass, pass them over to me.
1: I don't know if I can. Probably good. I'll put him on your card. Um, yeah, I, I want to. This time yesterday, we had a conversation um, regarding uh, we. It, it turned to Chris Street at, at some point in the conversation, mm-hmm. and I think on Twitter, um, one of our followers, oh crap, it's Pete. Yes, alerted me um, because like I like I said yesterday, and from ninety one, Prairie Meadows closed Labor Day, nineteen ninety one. All right, horse racing was done. What am I going to do, <laughs> right? I'm not going to work there. You're not it a slot a, operator. No. Well, there wasn't slots till 1994, 95. Oh, okay. So it, it was closed, like there's closed. They're just, just right. boarded up, and that's it. That was it. Um. So I left. I had to find another job. Mm-hmm. I moved to Denver for three and a half years. But the my point where I'm going with this is, whilst I was in Denver, the Chris Street tragedy unfolded, and I never because we're talking about 1993 here. There's no internet. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not getting the Channel 17 feet of Iowa games, et cetera. I mean, I saw that in the Rocky Mountain News or the Denver Post, like a little paragraph, but had no idea um, what, I guess, the mood of the state 25 years ago this week. And, oh, crap, it's Pete. And then you backed that up. You showed me where I could find it Mm -hmm. to find the KCCIP on the 20-year anniversary. And I have no idea how I missed that the first time. I watched it last night, Trent. I had tears running down my face. I really and truly did. I mean, Garmin's team did a wonderful job yes. on that piece. And it came away, shame on me for, for not, because this is my home, right? This is, this next May, I will have been here half of my life. Wow. not 2019. I'll be here mm. 30 years in this country. 26 of them will have been the state that I call home. This is as much my home as the one north of the border. Um but this, as big as the story was, this is a why didn't I, I guess, grasp this more than I have it seemingly in the last twenty four hours because I can't get enough of this story now. I mean, this I I know what you were going through, yeah, it, or at least I have a pretty a better feel of what you and you know Hawkeye fans. I mean, bringing the Morgan Weed into it and bringing mm-hmm. Fred Hoiberg into the piece and i and and the impact that he, that chris's death had on Iowa State going up to Indianola and putting bert hansen in it casey blake it was remarkably well done and um you no know, shame on me for not for not uh trying to dig in more of this up until yesterday
2: and and you can find it for people that haven't seen uh garman's piece and the kcci piece from 5 years ago just go to youtube and search chris street it'll be one of the first things that comes up and very well done. Oh, it's
1: remarkable. I it saved
2: on my DVR. I, I go back, and I don't think I watched it last year. But you know, we've, been, we've known each other now for a couple of years. And I remember last year at this time, uh, I think I had Dr. Tom on during the, the program with me and Jimmy B. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of asked, you know, you know, maybe when we get to the 25-year anniversary, maybe mm-hmm. it'll be. But I, I tried to explain to you just what a deal it was. But when you're not here. Right. And until you see something as well done as what Andy and, and that group oh, did. it's
1: remarkably well done.
2: It's, it's hard to verbalize. And that's that's what we have to do mm-hmm. is, is try to explain things and do that. But it is. It's difficult to, to take the emotion of the state and just the – and and the importance of Iowa basketball at that time. And Carver,
1: Hawkeye, Trent Trenton, that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, can it ever be
2: like that again? Right, right. It's – Growing up for me, I, I've I've told you this before, but it was so important. Th- those nights of Iowa basketball, we didn't have satellite. My, no, my uncle had a satellite. It was
1: Wednesday and Saturday, right? And, you knew the when they were. You knew when they were on. You knew where they were. Yeah. What channel they were going to be on. It
2: was the size of a city block, but that that was what a satellite dish was. It right. wasn't. You no, didn't have Directv, no. and didn't have ESPN. It was.
1: And you had to go out Some of them. the first ones you had to actually go
2: outside and yes, crank them. Yes, yes, I remember my uncle doing that well, but. For a sports fan like me, this is all I had during the week. After football, Monday Night Football was over, all I had to look forward to the whole week long was getting to watch Iowa basketball. That was it. And if I got to stay up late watching the news sports telecast at 10.22 with Doug Murdoch on KIMT in Mason City, that was it. As a sports fan, as an elementary age, that's all I had. Mm -hmm. So when that came around, it was a big deal, and that's what... Everybody talked about in the schoolyard the next day. It was, it was Iowa basketball. Iowa State didn't have a network like that. And I remember,
1: I think it was- Yeah, they were on what, Channel 5, right? They were on Channel- I'm sure they were on Here. F, right, yes. in Des Moines.
2: But not across the state like Iowa was. Really? It was everywhere. It was Waterloo had it on Channel 7, uh, which also covers all of Eastern Iowa down to Cedar mm-hmm. Rapids, Iowa City. North Iowa's KIMT. Sioux City had an affiliate. I read, I think it was Lute Olson's book. If I'm remembering correctly, at the time when the Iowa Television Network started in the in the 80s, they would get something- And, and who were the voices? I mean, Larry Morgan played a huge role. Yes. Uh, and, and that was a little later football on. Football
1: and basketball. Yes.
2: Before that- Who I preceded wonder- him? Do you remember? Hogue, maybe was the guy's name? I don't know him. H-O-G-U-E, who went on and then went out to Hawaii, University of Hawaii. And I think it was the athletic director there. Good choice, <laughs> Bob, Bob Hogue. Maybe don't know something like that. But yeah, so he was he was the play by play guy. Yep, on television before for for both football and basketball for basketball. For the, basketball, football didn't have the same kind and of. Who look. was the who was the color guy? Don't know at the time. I don't know if it was Mac back then because I remember Morgan and McCausland. Yep, yeah, that was that's what I remember. But initially, and they got something like it was like a eighty two share. They were the first, A What an 82 share in, in the Waterloo market. And there was one, it might've been Des Moines, I don't know, but an 82 share for <laughs> basketball in the, it was the end of the loot run and into George Raveling and then beginning of Dr. Tom. That's how big it was. Mm-hmm. I, for you, it's hockey. And, right. and you, you know, for the state during that time, it was Iowa basketball. They were the first to have the network like this. Indiana stole the Iowa idea. And then syndicated across the state in Indiana. So
1: what's Iowa State doing? They were on Channel Five locally, right? It was was had to be was it Channel Five? Yeah, I would to bit, guess so, right? somebody
2: from around here would have to. It was Channel Five. I'm one, pretty yeah. sure. Now I don't think every game was on.
1: I don't. Well, maybe they were. Growing up, the only Channel,
2: time Iowa State owned Channel Five for a while, yes. didn't they? Yeah, yeah. That's what it, what it started as. Growing up, the only time I ever saw Iowa State on television was when they played Iowa. Was when they played Iowa. Really? They weren't on they just they weren't on mm-hmm. I I looked at Iowa State like I looked at you and I and Drake oh that other school in the state mm-hmm. that's it that's what the hawkeyes were at least in my small <laughs> neck of the woods in north iowa in the mid 80s well and, and Trent, it's
1: it's funny you mention that because i think that lingered even further because i can remember i thought it, the that iowa state was so drastically underserved in this market even on the radio mm-hmm. that when we got control of the jock. I brought Jeff Holdorf over to do an Iowa State hour because Iowa State didn't have a dedicated hour to them on the radio. Which is unthinkable. Which today. is unthinkable. And then when I got to X and O, and down the hall is all things Hawks mm-hmm. on, on WHO, I reached out, along with Chris Williams, mm-hmm. to to form the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Hour because there was no Iowa State radio broadcast right yeah i mean they had the coaches show but that was essentially it i don't think they had there was no sound off mm-hmm. i don't think no there wasn't so i thought i was is so underserved that you know maybe maybe there's something for this and i was and i wasn't the program director but i kind of was calling the shots yes Did joel yes. listened to me mm-hmm. um but it's funny that it's been until re- recently that Iowa State maybe has caught up with some of their media, right? Yeah. So I didn't know it was like as bad as the picture you're
2: painting back in the 80s and 90s. I'm sure it was different in central Iowa as opposed to where I was, but Ames is closer than Iowa City to where I'm from. You know, Mason mm-hmm. City to Ames mm-hmm. is, what, hour and 15 minutes? There's never Iowa State games on, on the Mason City affiliate up there. Mm-hmm. They're an afterthought. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the farming school. So right, that's is that a fact? Oh yeah, they're they're really bad in the Big Eight in, in football and yeah. And, and Johnny and R. Mike, what was their radio there? I mean, WHO and what's the other one down? Uh, WNT? Yes, in you got Cedar the Rapids. state covered yes, right on those yes. two
1: blow torches.
2: And that's that's what it was. My one of my grandpas did not like Jim Zobble. I told you this before. We were not a Zobel family. It was Ron Gonder. who mm-hmm. so We listened to uh, another grandpa. Give or take, but usually it'd be on because he was in. He drove truck, and WHO is pretty much what he listened to all the time. He didn't get that, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, the Twins baseball was on back in the day. I remember that? Yep. So he loved that. And I remember then, that story. I don't yeah. remember it actually being on. And then it was Zobel. and uh, yeah, it, it's just Cyclones. I don't even know what they had back then. Hmm. Um, that's a a think well, piece for a, the summer. It let's, is. Let's and, put and that you know away. It, it,
1: that's another feather, in Jamie Pollard's cap. Yes, it really is.
2: Yeah. When they went to the bus mm-hmm. to the FM dial, mm-hmm. I remember a lot of angst from Cyclone fans because at the time it was you have to be on a blowtorch AM signal. That's what you have to be. You have to be on that if you're going to, you know, cover the state. It's not the case. Not the no, case anymore. No, 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 no. And oh, well, you you want to hear play by play, you go to the AM dial. It's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. Jamie Powell was kind of ahead of the curve on that one, too. No, he
1: was. Give him credit. Yep. Absolutely give him credit. We'll take a time out. Andrew Logue will join us next. Let me carry this over. Andrew yeah. Logue did a media column in, uh, at the Des Moines Register for a long time. We'll do a variety of topics with Andrew Logue. Uh, Frank Schwab on the NFL at 140. Trent and I are here every Monday through Friday from noon to 2 talking local sports with you on 1700 KBGG.
3: Hey, it's Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney. We are Tiki and Tierney giving you the big scoop on all the games. Afternoons on the Big Talker 1700 KBGG.
2: Boom! dot com Caring Hands Food Pantry serves the residents of Southeast
1: Polk School District as well as all of Bondurant and Pleasant Hill. If you live in this area or use the school system and find yourself in need of additional food at this time, come in Mondays or Wednesdays between 3 and 6 or on Tuesday, Thursday or Friday between 11 and 1. You will need to bring in an ID for each member of your family and a piece of mail postmarked and delivered to you for each adult over 18 in order to register. There are no income requirements, no checking of employment, nor need to be signed up for any government or church charity program. We are here to help. If you need food, we have it for you. Caring Hands has been serving the Southeast Polk area for more than 20 years and is funded by charitable contributions from those of us in the community. Check out their website at caringhandsiowa.org.
4: As a sleepy face emoji, I know we all get tired sometimes. But if you start to nod off behind the wheel, then wake the up. Stay alert and make zero fatalities your goal in Iowa. If your basement
5: leaks or floods, or if you have mold, mildew, or a musty smell, call Midwest Basement Systems today to request a free basement waterproofing estimate. As Iowa's premier basement waterproofing and foundation repair contractor, Midwest Basement Systems will send one of their certified basement waterproofing specialists to visit your home and conduct a thorough inspection of your basement's foundation.
3: for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358.
5: It's that time of year. The cold weather is here. The Animal Rescue League wants to remind you that unpredictable winter weather can be very dangerous for your animals and we encourage you to bring them inside this time of year. Animals should not be left in cars and should only be outside long enough to relieve themselves. If you witness a situation where an animal is in danger due to weather conditions, call your local law enforcement or animal control.
4: Restaurant.
0: Here we go. Back to Iowa's only local
3: sports show over your lunch hour. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back uh, to the Ken Miller Show. Trent and I are here until noon.
1: Frank Schwab coming up. Yahoo, sports.com. He uh, writes at the shutdown corner, all things NFL with Frank Schwab. We will do that in about 15 minutes right now. A good friend of the program. Andrew Logue is back with us as we go around the sport, around the world of sports, and localize it with Andrew Logue. Andrew, Trent and Ken, how are you?
6: Good, good, guys. How
1: are you all? Oh, we're doing great. I appreciate you coming on. You know, I want to start with the Royals first of all, because it's uh, Trent and I discussed this briefly yesterday that you, Royals fan base, uh, you in particular, your fan base in particular this year, just has to be beside themselves, um, knowing that there are three major names, Mustakas, of course, Hosmer, uh, leading the way in Kane. Um, and you, you know it, it's inevitable that these guys aren't coming back, yet you're waiting to be, I guess, um, I don't know, you're waiting for that moment when it becomes official. It's got to be tough knowing that it's going to happen but wondering why they continue to drag it out and drag you through it.
6: Well, it's kind of a deal. I guess you can blame the Royals. You can also blame Scott Boris, the agent for Mostakas and Hosmer. What it's done, though, is it's put you in limbo because they're still taking a stance. They want to bring back Hosmer, and if you bring back Hosmer, maybe Mostakas, and it's preventing the Royals from hitting the rebuild button. But here's the thing. Even if you hit the rebuild button, Watching what the Pirates have done and the Marlins have done in recent weeks and Tampa Bay, you know, guys, there's going be about 11 teams taking. And I don't know if you <laughs> want to be rebuilding when a third of the league is right with you. Um, people forget kind of the window the, the Astros had when they did it because the Angels, Mariners, and, and Texas, they were good. You know what I mean? They were competing. So that's a good time to tank when you're kind of out of it anyway. So the Royals are in limbo, and it seems like Pittsburgh or somebody else has always come around hitting the reboot button, and you're kind of stuck waiting for Eric Hosmer to make a decision. So,
2: uh, Andrew, Alex Gordon, he, he was given a big contract uh, last year offensively, a huge step back. He's a cornerstone. He's a guy that I think the community kind of all supports after his early issues and then the way that he pulled out of it, turned himself into a great left fielder. What's the hope for him? Is it just going to be the face of the franchise and, boy, we're paying him a lot, kind of like Joe Maurer in Minnesota? Or is there hope that he can get that offense turned back around?
6: Well, the hope was, let's back up to the contract. That contract was built on the Royals wanting to contend these last two years. I think you knew it was going to be uh, an anchor at this point by the time you got to 2018. Um, You know, when you say face of the franchise, I actually, similar to catchers and all, is uh, I think Salvador Perez is almost more of your Joe Maurer in that his contract is favorable enough that maybe he could come out on the back end of a rebuild. Uh, you know, Salvi's kind of the face. Uh, Gordon's a franchise Hall of Famer. By the way, he did win the Gold Glove this year. Yeah. So good defensive player. I do think his numbers will come back, but I, I just don't know if it'll matter because there's going to be so many holes in that lineup. Uh, But he is a beloved athlete. He's a franchise Hall of Famer. But that contract was signed with the intent of hoping to get over the hump In uh, 2016 and 2017, you knew it would be an anchor, which it is now.
1: Uh, Let's switch gears. Let's go to the Missouri Valley. We watched you and I and Drake play last night. Uh, Drake gets out to a great start, then couldn't hit a shot in the final. I don't know what it was, six minutes of the first half, and you and I took it to him in the uh, second half and uh, never let him off the mat. Um, You and I is two and five in the in the Valley. Uh, Drake falls to five and two. Our question to you, Andrew, and Trent and I have batted this one around a little bit. Um, more likely to play, even despite the records, who's more likely to be playing on Thursday? Or uh, you can choose option C, which is neither, that both will make their first appearance in the Valley Tournament on Friday. Uh, after what you saw last night, more likely to fall to that play-in game of the two or none?
6: If Drake can continue, I think they're unbeaten at home, aren't they, right now? Or 7-0, and Uh I think Drake, because they're playing so well and feeding off that, I think they can avoid the Thursday playing game. And I'm not sure you and I have fixed everything yet. Uh, they had you had a matchup problem. It's not yes Drake did shoot poorly. Man, they only had like two offensive rebounds, mm-hmm. no second um, chance points, no second chance. And that basket's going to get smaller and smaller when you only get one look at it every time down the floor. Um, and then they had turned that. I know I counted like six or straight. Six or seven straight possessions. It was one shot and done, or a turnover and done, and that's when you and I kind of pulled away. I don't know that you and I I's completely fixed, but I do think they're getting better. So I'm going to say both of them will avoid it. Both of them will avoid the play-in game
2: and play each other in the four-five game or three-six, and guarantee us a Saturday entrant? That would be great. It I, that, be. Happened
6: like one, that happened like at one time when I was covering for the Register, and I do I do remember that. That is nice because you are like you said you're guaranteed to, to have that. Of course, you hope it's not the 8 o'clock tip, though. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, especially as, especially as if you're newspaper. on deadline. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, uh, Missouri State off to a good, solid start. They're going to come into Drake over the weekend. Loyola has the nice win against Florida. Either of those teams would probably have to run the table all the way through the championship game and then get upset to get two teams in. It's a stretch, but there's some people that think it will never happen, that we'll never see multiple teams from the MVC in the tournament again. Do you hold that belief
6: right now? Yeah. The
2: the conference is kind of, what do you call it? Lost its
6: bite, lost its teeth a little bit. Um, you never say never. It's a long time, but Loyola and Missouri state and you know, and that's the Missouri state's a program that just has been snake bit when it comes to getting to the tournament anyway. Yeah, I do. I I do think it's going to be a long time before you can see it. Uh, just looking at population bases, I mean, you kind of forget, but you have Omaha and Wichita. You can draw players and recruit and build those kind of teams. Um, I still think there's a possibility you can do a little bit of that with Drake. They have not yet been able to do it in recent history. But I think looking at the recruiting bases left, and I know you do obviously Loyola and Chicago, but no, you guys know nobody in Chicago grows up dreaming of right. playing for Loyola. So I think considering all the population bases, yeah, I, I do. I think it's a long stretch. Maybe the one saving grace is if an Illinois State kind of sandwich, they're just close enough to Chicago. If they could put together some talent and become to be a two bid league, you need to have one team you just knows automatically in, right? Like Wichita State, they've just got the talent, the resume. People will get them year and in, and then you do what U and I does with West Washington, and you upset them, and turn. That's how you get two. I don't know if the valley's at that stage for
1: a while. Hmm. This Saturday, uh, Drake will host uh, Missouri State, so it's a battle essentially for first place in the valley at this point. Uh, Iowa State plays at uh, no. Iowa plays at eleven. Iowa State plays at one. Drake plays at three. So they're they're not overlap. They're not on top of each other. Should, is there a number, uh, Andrew? As far as we're trying to we're trying to decipher, is Drake basketball? On an uptick, at least in Central Iowa, in Des Moines, is there a number in the back of your mind? I mean, if if Drake still has uh, you know plenty of good seats available uh, at at the NAP Center, is, is that a telling sign to you that just how much work they have to do? Or conversely, uh, if they do show up, if the if the public does show up, buys tickets to this game and not packs it, but maybe beats the uh, the average attendance so far, what is that? Will that say anything as to far as far as the resurgence of Drake basketball? In This market,
6: if the numbers down, the reason you're a little concerned is because Iowa State's kind of struggling, depending on what they do against TCU tonight. You know, so it's a down year for two other programs. So the fact that maybe you don't get a little bit of a bigger turnout says that uh, people aren't quite, you know, maybe they're a little skeptical still. On the other hand, if you do draw, it's what I've always said: you don't need to necessarily be Creighton or Wichita. If Drake had just become that 18 win, 18 to 22 win program year in and year out. Occasionally making the tournament, I think this city would just turn out for them. I think it's an untapped, sore, slumbering giant, whatever you want to put. Uh, if they, I wouldn't panic if they don't draw, I think the loss to you and I is going to kind of sting a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't read too much anything short term, uh, but if they are coming out and if you do get a good crowd Saturday, I think it just shows you what they're eleven and nine, five and two, tied for. You know, they're not Drake fans and the basketball fans in Des Moines aren't asking for the moon. They're just wanting a good product.
2: Nico Medved seems to be that guy. What heights can he reach with this program? In place of so what they have, the city that he's recruiting to. What could Drake basketball be if if it all starts to turn their way?
6: If it all starts to turn away, I mean you, know, you just look two hours north and you've got a much bigger population base. I mean, it could be the the team of Des Moines. It's all out there. The weird thing is we're not going to know for about three years because he's obviously playing with the the players that uh, Jacoletti has recruited. I don't know if that's given him enough time to really implement his system and what he wants, Um, but he's obviously done a great job. you know. But I think that's it. I'd say you and I-ish are Crate and Light because I keep going back. You've got a good population base. It can fill a 6,000-seat arena. It's right there.
1: Mm. Andrew andrew is our guest uh andrew we were talking about this and we don't know uh maybe you remember maybe you don't iowa state uh media rights in the early 90s it was all channel five was it not mm-hmm.
6: yeah it was his it was woi because that was uh john walters kind of not to speak grand but he kind of segued over right right yeah uh, john walters was a woi and yeah. he was their sports anchor yeah. and he would kind of do, and I know he's a he's a Drake did a lot of Drake stuff too. But that's how he kind of segued over uh, the late uh, Pete Taylor after he passed away. I remember John Walters was just a very natural choice for that position.
2: So back in the day, I, I was talking about in the eighties what Iowa basketball syndicated across the state, mm-hmm. how big it was. Where I'm from in North Iowa, we didn't get Iowa State games. Were all the basketball games on at least in Central Iowa and. Were they on other stations across the state, or was it just a WOI thing?
6: Um, I want to say every game. I just don't remember until they started the transition to cable. Anybody complaining about not seeing games, especially Iowa games? Yes, At Iowa um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, Iowa for sure was on it. Was it Larry Morgan? Yep. Am I thinking that no, right? You're right. You're right. Yep. Yeah. So they were on it, and and here in Central Iowa, I think it was always Iowa. State. I can't remember Iowa State getting shut out. You know, and I, that's just going off memory. Uh, without doing it, but but you always had it. You kind of have it now. Last night was a little weird and tricky. I think Drake U and I was on thirteen point three, and I actually got the Drake U and I game on uh It was at a Chicago station. Yeah, and NBC
1: Sports it. Chicago's uh, yeah, carried the game. You know,
6: so it's trickier now than it used to be. And it used to be Channel Five always had Iowa State. They were just and football. They were always going to have it. Um, and in at seventeen, am I thinking that right? We always had the the Iowa game. It the was pretty easy yep. and. You, You always knew where to go. So in some sense, it was much easier for fans back then.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I I read that as uh, one of the reasons that Hawkeye fans are claiming that that's the reason that attendance is down at Carver-Hawkeye, that, you know, you're just not sure what nights the games are going to be on, what sometimes they're Sunday nights, sometimes they're Tuesday, they're Thursday, as opposed to in the past,
6: you knew if there was a home game, it was either Wednesday or Saturday. I'm sure that's true, but let's be honest, too. If you're, if you're winning, uh, people, sir, nobody seems to have any trouble knowing when you play, and I'm not trying to be snarky. No, you're it's right. Just, you, know, yep. you, you win, people figure it out. It's, it's the same in NFL. If the Broncos are, you know, are having a good year and they're on those uh, flexing in, you, you know when they flex the time to a sure. night game from an afternoon game. It's, so, yes, it's true. It's also, guys, it's winter and it's a two-hour drive from your biggest population base in the state, too. That's a factor as well.
1: No question. Great stuff, Andrew Logue. We'll talk to you in the weeks to come. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. Good to talk to you. Andrew Logue, formerly the Des Moines Register, as uh, we uh, catch up with Andrew and we'll do so uh, more as baseball gets nearer and once the season is upon us, Trent Condon, which I'm absolutely ready for.
2: Yes, yes. Get some
1: movement. Well, I mean, I don't want it to start tomorrow. Okay. Right. But I'm I'm ready for the Cubs to come back. Yeah, I'm ready. There, yeah. Well, no, let's get through basketball. But I'm certainly not going to be dreading the beginning
2: of the baseball season. Uh, I'm not dreading it. I'm concerned, but... uh, Well, you're a Twins fan. Yeah. I I know how this goes. I finally had a season to get excited about. They usually followed up with a flop. Yeah. You, Darvish...
1: Still a possibility. Somebody <laughs> tweeted out that the big announcement's coming because f- Twins Fest is this weekend. Yeah, that they will kick off Twins Fest with the announcement that you Darvish is signed with your Minnesota. Yeah,
2: twins. It was I, I saw Todd Bromilow camp over. Maybe in Cedar that's who Adams, tweeted yeah, out. Yeah, who? Uh, speculating. Yes, yeah, speculating. Oh boy, that as you know, I'm not a big you guy, but for the Twins to actually do that, they actually signed Addison Reed. I, I was giddy mm-hmm. over the weekend about that. Maybe I'll buy in.
1: You have Maybe. to. You're a Twins fan. What are you going to do? <laughs> desert them?
2: Well, I'm not going to desert them. Of course not. No, I don't. I'm not the most optimistic a fan, though. Have Have you started to find yeah, that out y- about y- me? Y- you hated the Nagy hire. You're the only one that I've <laughs> come across that's not all in on that <laughs> I'm, one. I'm not real optimistic about my teams normally. Um, and I probably won't be optimistic about the Twins this year or the Bears next year. No, not the Bears next year, but the Bears are they're they're going to be back. Aaron
1: Rodgers can't play forever. Are you sure? Yeah, well, I think, I'm think i pretty sure he can't play forever. He's got a new lady. I saw that, Danica Patrick. Yeah. Good for him. Yes. Good for him. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Frank Schwab will be here. We'll talk NFL. Uh, the championship weekend is upon us. We'll do that with Frank Schwab next. We're here until 2. It's the Ken Miller Show on 1700 KBGG.
0: Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and T.C., Des Moines'
2: savviest sports duo on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. Washer Systems of Iowa blasting grime and saving you time. At Washer Systems of Iowa, we have an experienced factory train service department and will work on any American-made pressure washer. Washer Systems of Iowa featuring Mighty M Industrial Pressure Washers. Mighty M built in Iowa, number one in Iowa. And the presenting sponsor for you and I, head coach Ben Jacobson, each Monday on 1700 Washer Systems of Iowa. Visit their showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines, or online washersystems.com.
4: Start spreading the news. Variety's Black Tie Gala, New York, New York, is set for January 19th. Black Tie is a gala evening emceed by Des Moines native David Anthony Higgins, known for his role in hit television show Mike and Molly. The evening features cocktails, dinner, and dancing. Variety, the children's charity, works to improve the lives of underprivileged, at-risk, and special needs children by gifting bikes, building inclusive playgrounds, providing support to critically ill children, and more. Join us January 19th at Black Tie to ensure all children are able to reach their full potential. Get your tickets for Variety's Black Tie at varietyiowa.com backslash blacktie. Showplace Kitchens is changing our name to Showplace Cabinetry Design Center. What hasn't changed is the commitment of our professional design staff to help you create a Showplace of your very own. Come see us at 3200 100th Street, Urbandale. Now through January
0: 30th, you could win one of more than 17,000 prizes in the O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card giveaway powered by Valvoline. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today, pick up a game card, and follow the entry instructions to see if you're one of 500 lucky gift card winners each day. No purchase necessary. See O'ReillySweeps.com for official rules and details.
3: O, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
0: Get organized inside and out at the Store More, Save More event going on right now at the Home Depot. Declutter in a big way with the Home Depot's HDX 4-tier shelf. It's a special buy just 1988. It's easily assembled with no tools required and it can handle up to 600 pounds of your stuff. Storage needs come in all shapes and sizes. So do storage solutions at the Store More, Save More event. Only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid through February 4th. Available in-store and online while supplies last.
2: Hey guys, Trent Condon here again from 1700 KBGG. We made it, a new year upon us, a happy 2018. No know a lot of people have New Year's resolutions, things you want to improve upon, but a lot of times you need help. If better health is one of your goals in 2018, I have a place for you that has helped me. It's New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness has built a strong history helping one patient at a time. They'll make a program specifically designed for you from weight loss, hormonal treatment, maybe it's migraines. So many things that New Leaf Wellness can help you with in 2018. What I want you to do, give them a call today, 515-650-1358. At 650-1358. Give them a call. Let's feel better together. It's New Leaf Wellness 650-1358. Cap is back
1: All right, welcome back, final segment, a Wednesday edition of the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. Trent Conant and myself taking you up until 2. Jimmy B and TC back for your drive home today from 4 until 6. Let's uh, talk some NFL, shall we? He's our go-to guy. Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com, covers the NFL at the shutdown corner. Frank's with us. Frank, Trent and Ken in Des Moines, thanks for coming on. How are you? Hey, what's going on? Well, I want to start with the AFC first of all, because I'm um, convinced that Jacksonville is going to give New England a game. Uh, That defense is legit. They've got... uh... Uh, they got a corner on both sides of the field that they can play a lot of man. I'm convinced that their front four is solid. I think their linebackers are quick enough to keep up with some of the uh, slot receivers or even Gronkowski. Uh, Am I crazy to think that Jacksonville is going to be in this thing and perhaps, just perhaps, be a team that goes into Gillette Stadium and ends the Patriots' season?
7: I think it's possible. I, I mean, you look at their defense, and it's a good Top to bottom, as I can remember in a long time, you know I think it's right out, of, right there at the 2015 Broncos, who by the way kind of beat up the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game and won that. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the the Patriots struggle against the Ravens before, who have a similar physical deep defense. I mean, it's not crazy when you when you bring the best defense into a game, you're going to have you're going to have a shot. It's just Blake's going to have to make plays, and you know Bornells was good. Last week against Pittsburgh, obviously, he did his job. He, he completed some big passes. That was nice. The week before that, he looked totally incompetent as a quarterback against the Bills. So, which portals are you going to get? Are you going to get the one who can complete some passes and keep the Patriots honest, or are you getting the guy who couldn't complete a three-yard crossing route against the Bills? Hmm. I have no idea. I mean, we know the defense is going to show up. We know that. It's just, what do you get out of the offense? We have no idea at this point.
2: Doug Marone obviously getting a lot of credit with this squad, getting them in this position, but... How much credit needs to be given for Tom Coughlin, a guy that very hard-edged, we know that through his years as a coach, now up in the front office, but how much credit should be given to Coughlin in your mind?
7: Um, Honestly, not a lot. <laughs> yeah, he, his, his fingerprints are here and there on it, and the decision to keep Marone, I think he had a big part in that, and Marone's done a good job. The decision to keep adding to the defense with some big free agent pickups, yeah, that that probably goes to him, too, considering What his role is now, but you know, I I one like I'm curious when people are like, "Well, Tom Coughlin's or Jacksonville, and and Tom Coughlin just beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl." Well, yeah, I guess I I don't really think Tom's calling plays this week, so I think he deserves he deserves some. There's no question. I mean, this is his roster now, although he inherited a lot of it, but. The people who are just, you know, wondering if the, the Jaguars can beat the Patriots because they have Tom Coughlin, I just kind of shake my head and wonder if they know what his role is on this
1: team. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, do you have a number in the back of your mind, Frank, that New England will win if they score? See, I think it's 24. I, if they get to 24, I'm not sure Jacksonville can score that many. But I do think, getting back to this defense, that the Jags can keep New England right around there. Is 24 the right number in your mind?
7: It's lower to me. I think if they get the 21, they're fine, and even 17, probably. I just don't expect the Jaguars to score a ton. There's a, a Patriots defense that early in the year struggled, and I believe, I, I might be wrong by a game or two on this, in like 11 of their last 13 games, they haven't allowed more than 17 points. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, a defense that gives up yards but not points. You know, I, I, maybe that's just a bit fortunate. I don't know, but it's... If you told me that the Patriots are going to score 21, I yeah, I, I really doubt the Jaguars score more than that. There was a great step by my friend Eric Edholm, who's now at Pro Football Weekly. He tweeted it out that the, the, the Patriots with Brady in the playoffs when they score 21. That's the magic number. They, they their their record is like I don't know, like 16 and four when they it's something crazy when they score 21 points, and it's a lot worse when they don't score 21. So that's the number to me, and it, it might you know even if 17 might get them home. It just kind of depends on what kind of Jaguars offense shows up.
2: Over to the NFC side of things as the Vikings make their way out to Philadelphia. and People are talking about home field advantage, not in terms of crowd and noise and things like that, but in terms of the playing service. I'm seeing a lot of conversation Mm. about this this week, a slippery field. Now we know how bad Vets was back in the day. and remember Wendell Davis basically (laughs) blowing out two knees on one play in a preseason game when the Bears were out there. Uh, explain if you can though, Lincoln, Lincoln financial, a new building, how the turf is just as bad as it sounds like it is.
7: Yeah. It's, you know, these guys have tough jobs. They really do. I mean, I was, I, you know, as we talked about when I was on there a couple, I was at the army Navy game and it snowed the entire game and Mm -hmm. and those kids played on that. And, you know, I mean, it's just, how do you keep a field fresh and new when you're playing from August through January on it? And some of the, you know, just terrible weather sometimes it's, you know, it's different. I mean, it, it reminds me of the Rams game when the Rams were slipping around on the Coliseum turf, and I'm sitting there thinking, hey, "It's does the snow in L.A. What's the deal here? Why is this field so bad?" I mean, It does, you know. It is better than the vet. I'll give you that. Uh, you, you mentioned that, but it's yeah, it, it's probably going to slow down both teams. I don't know if necessarily. I guess Philly an edge, though. I mean, I think that you know, doesn't that help the Vikings defense too, which is one of the best in the NFL? I, it's, it's 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 probably going to be a little sloppy because you know we're at that time of year. Weather's going to play a factor. Turf's going to play a factor. Everything's going to play a factor. I expect it to just be one of those hard-nosed, low-scoring, because the Eagles want to keep a low-scoring game that's, you know, bad. Maybe it probably just because of that reason
1: It's probably going to be close. I want to go back to a piece you wrote. I think it was Sunday, Frank, uh, on the weekend. Anyways, when it was uh, became official that Teddy Bridgewater was going to be inactive, I think your headline was something to regard. Uh, it doesn't bode well for his future with the Vikings, and I couldn't agree with you more. Is that was that a big tell? I mean, d- does it seem like the writings on the wall that? Minnesota is going to try and keep Keenum, try and keep Bradford, but one of them's got to go, and at least it looks at this point that Teddy Bridgewater might be the odd man out in that quarterback room.
7: And you know what? It might not even be that Teddy's the odd man out necessarily, but it leads me to believe that they don't think he could be their starter in 2018. Now, maybe this is just, hey, he needs another year to get better, but let's just go back to Sunday when they have to make that decision and who their backup quarterback is. They pick Sam Bradford, who's basically been out since week one with a knee injury and hasn't taken a snap, over Teddy Bridgewater, who's been in their backup for two months. If Teddy had come back and shown he was healthy, why on earth would you deactivate him for Sam Bradford? So that leads me to believe he's not where he needs to be, and that was always the concern. It, it was weird to me, uh, you know, whenever it was, a month or uh, – after I think it was after the Redskins game for the Vikings, when everybody kind of got on this kick of – Hey, you got to start Teddy. You got to see what you got. I never thought, hey, Teddy's going to be the exact same guy he was last time we saw him. That was a catastrophic injury sure he went was. through, and I'm hoping he comes all the way back. I really, I, I like Teddy. Like he was a player, from all accounts, he's a good guy. But there was no guarantee he was going to come back as the same guy. And I think that what their move on Sunday proved. He's not physically where he needs to be yet, and maybe he never gets there. That's the sad part of the story. But I think it does definitely. It's it's hard for me to believe you go from deactivating a guy for a playoff game when he's been your backup two months for a guy who hasn't taken a snap since week one to having full trust in him as your 2018 starter. Like that just doesn't the two don't add up to me. So could Teddy come back as the backup on a one year deal or something like that? Is he maybe I don't know what's the market going to be for Teddy. I. He's gonna to have to prove a lot of things if he if he expects his starter next year. He's gonna to have to prove to some team that he's fully healthy, and I don't think that that's the case right now. At least based on what the Vikings did with him on Sunday.
2: Had my agent make my first phone call to the Cleveland Browns. Seems like a great place to go. Yeah, <laughs> always looking for a quarterback. Hey, last thing for me, uh, Andrew Sendejo left the game with a concussion, still limited in practice. The Vikings appear. Uh, confident that he will be released from concussion protocol. Can you take us on concussion protocol? I know they have to see an independent neurologist, but I don't know. It just strikes me as odd how confident the Vikings are when you don't really have official confirmation.
6: Yeah, it's a
7: step-by-step process. I believe it's on Friday or Saturday. It's after a certain amount of time that you do meet with an independent neurologist. But I think that you meet with your own doctors, and they can't clear him out of the protocol. I don't believe. I do believe it's got to be an independent thing. So their own doctors could do all their tests and see, okay, yeah, he's going to get cleared because we've cleared him, and it's not guaranteed. But you have a pretty good idea how it's going to fall. So I think that's where it's coming from, where they, they've they looked at him, they've analyzed him. They kind of understand that he's good to go. It's just the final step of getting him cleared, which which has to happen through the protocol. Who will win
1: this weekend, Frank?
7: I think the favorites, I, I, I like the Vikings a lot. I, I mean, last week I was on with you guys, talked about the Eagles, talked about how they're being mm-hmm. disrespected. Yep. But that was against a Falcons team that was mediocre earlier. I and mean, they're a little better mediocre, but not much. This Vikings team ain't mediocre. This Vikings team's really, really good. And I guess if you're making the argument on the other side, you say, well, they needed a miracle to beat the Saints at home, so <laughs> they could go on the road and lose to the Eagles. And that's fair, but I just think this Vikings defense – I, it, the Eagles really struggled to move the ball and score last week. Just scored one touchdown. What's their I match? Mean, we talked about the match number for the Patriots. What's the max number of points you think the, the Eagles can score on the on the Vikings yes. this week? I I can't imagine it's more than seventeen. I mean, it's just that they're going to have a tough time moving the ball. So, really like the Vikings and just even though I do, I'm with you. I do think the Jaguars have a shot. I think they're they're being underestimated a little bit. It's still the Patriots at home. I mean, it's still this is still Bill Belichick. And one thing I will point out, let me point out. The Jaguars are almost still celebrating that Steelers win. I mean, I still hear them talking about the the When did the Patriots get over the Titans win in the third quarter? Like, <laughs> no, they were probably yeah. the We didn't. The Patriots don't show up to win divisional round games, whereas it seems like the Jaguars really won their Super Bowl on Sunday. And it's just I think they're going to be hitting the, hitting the mouth a little bit with, oh, yeah, there, there were other steps to go in this process. And the Patriots have been there, and they know that.
1: That's a great point. Frank, we'll catch up with you next week. Thank you, Frank Schwab, as always.
7: Absolutely guys. I appreciate it. Good to
1: talk to you. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports uh, dot com. Trent, let's go on the record. There is some news regarding the Iowa State game tonight. Jalen Fisher is out. Wow. Done. Um what did it say? Out indefinitely. It sounds ominous mm. as David Ubband used the what uh, he used it on Twitter. Um as far as Getting back onto the floor this year, so so we'll wow. see because he's a big part of that team. I have to think that affects the number.
2: Yeah, I grabbed it at uh, ten and a half, but did I'm you? feeling That's very too many happy. points. It's, it's too I, many points. I I dug a little more because I felt initially the same way. I like it, and I like the over. I like the over in that game tonight. Well, at least I What's did. The, what was the total? One fifty. Open at one fifty eight. Uh, it's up to one fifty nine and a half. Now with the Fisher news, it'll come down. I Need to reevaluate um, yeah. that. I, you, I don't know if I like the over as much as I did. Uh,
1: so we both think Iowa State will clearly cover in this yeah. basketball game tonight. How about the early game?
2: Rutgers hosting the Hawks. Iowa moves up another rung. They move. And past I was Illinois. a favorite now, by the way. They are now point, point favorite. Yep. Uh, they'll move up another rung. Rutgers is a spot ahead of them at 12th, so they'll go from 14th to 13th. I'm with you to 12th, climbing
1: the ladder. Yeah, I think they win too. I'm with you. I think they win. Uh, who leads the who leads the way scoring wise? Cook. Garza, Bohannon, Tyler Cook. I'm going with the be easy one of those three I'm
2: going with the chalk. Uh, you and Jimmy B today four to six. What do you got cooking? We'll be talking Hawkeyes with Pat Hardy from allhawkeyes.com Scott Phillips will be by. We'll talk college basketball with him. Sean Tomlinson on the NFL and ESPN Zubin Mahente. Good stuff. We are back tomorrow at
1: noon. It's the Ken Miller Show. We're here every Monday through Friday from noon to two talking local sports with you and we appreciate you joining us on 1700 KBGG. Afternoons. We talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC. Tomorrow- Join Sports
0: Duo on The Big Talker, 1700 KVGG.
2: When you hear Washer Systems of Iowa, you think about pressure washers. The Washer Systems of Iowa does so much more. Industrial floor care equipment, waste oil heaters, water heaters, accessories and parts, washers, used equipment, along with repair, preventative maintenance, and operator training. Selling and servicing commercial cleanup equipment for 29 years. Washer Systems of Iowa. And the presenting sponsor for you and I head coach Ben Jacobson each Monday on 1700. Visit their showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines or online washersystems.com
3: Get great deals for all your home improvement needs during Menard's Project Day Sale. Stop by our electrical department for big savings on new interior lights. Brighten your home with Patriot Lighting. The Bell Collection comes in an oil shell finish with Tiffany-style glass. The semi-flush ceiling light is only $79. The five-light chandelier is just $169. Save big during Menard's Project Day Sale, now through January 20th. Save big money at
4: Menard's.
0: Attention cell phone users, if you love your phone, love your number, and want free service, now you can get all three with Safelink Wireless at absolutely zero cost. That's right, keep your own phone, keep your own number, and we'll keep you connected with free service that includes free minutes, unlimited text, and free data. It's all yours if you qualify for programs such as SNAP or Medicaid. Safelink is a Lifeline-supported service in a government benefit program. Only eligible consumers may enroll in Lifeline. The service is non-transferable and limited to one per household. Documentation of income or program participation may be required for enrollment. You must have a compatible GSM phone. Most smartphones are compatible. Free is free. Keep your own phone, keep your own number, and we'll keep you connected. With free service that includes free minutes, unlimited text, and free data. Get started now by calling 1-800-SAFELINK or go to safelink.com. That's 1-800-SAFELINK or go to safelink.com.
5: It costs $15 per day to provide the necessary shelter, food, and veterinary care for every animal at the Animal Rescue League of Iowa. And right now, we have over a 1,000 animals in our care. For as little as $5 a month, you can join our loyal friends club, to ensure that the ARL will continue to be there for animals in need. The need is now. The need is local. Visit ARL-Iowa.org backslash donate to start
2: giving today.